Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, New Year, same us. Welcome in, everybody. This is episode 189 of One Man's Opinion, the podcast that continues to sweep the nation all the way into season four. That is right. It's not technically a new season yet. I begin those in March, but uh, you get the idea. Happy 2024. Happy New Year, one and all. Indeed, this is about a one-hour-plus program here. My name is Jeff Manns. In case you're new to the show, you don't know who I am. I'm going to talk a lot of fantasy sports, talk pop culture, life, all that kind of stuff. I host Elite Sports, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. As a matter of fact, at 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern every weekday afternoon, Monday through Friday. Also, Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame with Bob Harris. That is Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time during the NFL regular season. So only one more show of that. Then I get my Sunday mornings back. But uh, happy to do that program as well. I'm also part owner and the chief content officer over at FantasyGuru.com. That is the place to go. It's the largest active community in fantasy sports. We do daily seasonal betting, data, podcasts, live streams, every single thing you can think of. We have charts and analytics and tools and automation and programming. And uh, it's why we get so many people winning championships this past year, congratulations to all of you that have won a fantasy football title this season, whether we helped or not, appreciate it. Thank you for making this podcast a part of your daily or weekly journey, however so you're listening, downloading, liking, favoriting, subscribing, commenting. It all helps. It's all good for the brand, I guess, good for the podcast. And we hope to do more of this in 2024, I actually do have some big plans for this program and maybe another program, question mark. That's possible. So thank you to Sean Engel for producing this episode and uh, battling through some flu-like symptoms, but he's like Michael Jordan. He's just going to just gonna get on fire. That's it. We've got a lot to talk about today. I want to get into, I am a firm believer that you should be playing fantasy football in week 18. Firm believer. And I'll discuss some of my thoughts on that. I'm also going to talk about my own personal leagues, give a little wrap up on that uh, to that end as well. We'll do some rear view mirror stuff. I can't really wait to sink my teeth into the season that was 2023. I want to talk about, and I'm actually giving awards away. We're actually awarding hardware today. The most valuable fantasy players of the year. And I will do it by position quarterback, running back, receiver, and tight end for 2023. And I'll also give a runner-up, the winner of the belt and the runner-up of the belt in each category. We'll also do some Week 18 talk playoffs. We'll talk some your playoff chances. We'll talk about uh, players who may be resting. We'll go through some of the uh, rankings over at fantasyguru.com. Now, I am recording this in the middle of the week. It is a little... Difficult to prognosticate exactly how it's going to be. I urge you to go over to fantasyguru.com Friday night and later to get the uh, latest rankings, the most important ones in there as well. So uh, we got a lot to talk about today. I hope the new year has found you very well, ladies and gentlemen, that you had a good time with uh, your celebrations and you had happy, safe ones. You didn't land in the clink. That is always a good thing. Anybody call it the clink anymore? That's what my dad always used to say. Don't land in the clink. What else do you call it? The hootscow or whatever. I don't know. Some military term that he used. But uh, nevertheless, a wonderful job, everybody, in making it this far. Uh, how'd you do in your leagues? Tweet me at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. The Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. By the way, our prices at fancyguru.com are all. Uh, still half off. I don't know if it's going to last. Uh, I don't know when they're going to move that. And the ho-ho discount is still available. I will be getting into heavy playoff fantasy football DFS betting mode here after week 18 and then NBA mode. That is, if you're following my work, 
That's my trajectory. I cannot wait. I'm going to be on the daily. Remember, unlike NFL, it was just Mondays, Thursdays, sometimes Saturdays and Sundays. NBA is every day of the week. I usually don't bet on Sundays. Sundays, I don't bet NBA. Sometimes, only when I really like something going on that day. But uh, otherwise, six days a week, you're going to get my bets over at fantasyguru.com. So good time to get that VIP platinum package if you were thinking about it or if you're flush with cash after the holidays. Uh, either way, appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, let's dive into it. You know, goodbye 2023. I, I'm a bit firm believer in always getting better. This was a hell of a year. You know, obviously, I talked about it last episode, the hardships with the family and my daughter and all that. But, you know, can't complain. Another year on this side of the, the dirt is a, always a good thing. And you start getting to an age where I think around 40. If you're not 40 yet, you know, don't worry about it. But <laughs> good for you, number one. For two, you start thinking about those things. Like, you know, you kind of weed things out. You're like, yeah, these things aren't as important. The nonsense isn't as important. And quite honestly, my self-introspection, I didn't do as good a job as I thought. I had a I had a rough emotional, I guess, second half of the year. Um, I've talked about it ad nauseum. I think my members over at fantasyguru.com know it. Like I, I did meltdown several times and I had vowed I had a really good, like after my daughter was sick and had embolism and everything like that happened. You know, I was in a great frame of mind. I think we had the best preseason, like football run, like the the middle of the baseball season through the All Star game. Then yeah, I evolved into fantasy football this year, and you know, great preseason. And you know, I don't think. And then the first game hit, and I got one of my calls wrong, and it was just like I felt everybody turned on me. I, I really felt betrayed. You know, and looking back in it, and I've been open about this before, and it it, it hasn't really subsided, and it'll probably take months to do it. And that really, really pissed me off because I felt we had a great time. The draft season was good. And even it pisses me off even more now because I don't recall ever seeing as many championship games. I know by sheer numbers, our volume over at Fantasy Guru was bigger than ever as far as questions and people still playing. And that's a great thing. So many screenshots of championships and I'm so proud of all you guys, but that just pisses me off a little bit more that why did we flip the fuck out? Oh, by the way, this is a uh, uncensored podcast. So put the AirPods in the noise canceling headphones. Don't have the kitties in the car. Uh, you know, unless you're co-signing as a parent, you're going to, it's okay. I'm going to curse. I may talk political, I may say Aaron Rodgers is a fuckwad because he is um, not the biggest Jimmy Kimmel fan either, but that, that whole fucking feud is stupid. I mean, fucking stupid and so politically driven. It's so gross. Just gross. Both sides. Fucking gross. So embarrassed. How do those people not get embarrassed? Anyway, um, so I, I had a chip on my shoulder a lot, and I wish I didn't. Right, I think it really restricted me from enjoying what was a good season, a really good season. Had our 11th victory in cash games this past week. Uh, I'm very proud of that. You know, hopefully we can go 12 and six through 18 weeks. I'm hoping to close it out. We've had very good success in DFS in week 18s in the past. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm very happy i won one championship though out of 15 leagues and last year i won a lot more seasonal leagues so um only played in two championship games to the feja f-e-j-a fantasy experts something whatever league uh that i took down lost my uh pod wars um title game got cremated in that one didn't help alvin Kamara going down <laughs> It, with a an injury, but uh, nevertheless, only one championship this week this year uh, out of fifteen leagues total. Technically, it's twelve leagues, but three dynasty leagues. And my dynasty, I was zero three before we started. My dynasty leagues suck. It's a rebuild, and I'm ex I'm super excited about rebuilding these teams. I'm sort of two of them. I'm kind of like on the middle upswing. 
of it. I'm like past. I got some Rasheed Rice. So I'm like, things are starting to cook a little bit. Um, but one is just one of the worst teams I've ever managed. So I knew that going in. So one out of 12 ain't, it isn't ideal, but I'm happy with the season. I'm very proud of the season. You know, we still got work to do week 18. I have several leagues that still play in week 18. I'll discuss that in a little bit. But, oh, also, I'm technically, you know, I'm technically I won two titles. The Sirius XM post-draft, uh, I didn't count this one for most of the season because, like, most of the people didn't play it out. Like, we were supposed to and we were told to and – I think everybody started to, and then they just didn't. Like, I think this was, this was a 12-team league. I think five of us set a lineup every single week. I think eight of us, nine nine actually had set a lineup. So some of them, this is one we did after the NFL draft last year. And um, so thus, I ran away with the league, but, you know, does it really count? Ah. But, I mean, I'll just say that this was a super deep league, and I had a couple guys. Well, my receivers were fucking stellar. At the end of the season, my four receivers were Jamar Chase, Mike Evans, Puka Nakoa, and Debo Samuel. Um, all but Puka were drafted. Puka I had, I had picked up early on in the season, and Kyron Williams I drafted, which I'm very – you know, that's April, man. Like, Again, we'll talk about MVPs and shit, but I'm sorry. You're just not gonna get that. I, I need to I need to brag about things like that because I'm not gonna get the credit. I, I make calls like that at least a couple a year. And I just don't get the respect I deserve for them because what happens is they weren't widely accepted by the industry, and thus people all claim that nobody said it. Well, our subscribers and members know the listeners at SiriusXM know, right? And honestly, that's what matters most to me. It used to that part really used to bother me. I'll be straight out with you guys. There was a time where I really needed acceptance from the industry and felt, uh, and you know what? And there was a time I really had acceptance by the industry. I suppose like they, I was a mainstream kind of guy. Um, and I think my relationship with the fantasy sports industry has taken a hit over the years. And I don't know what others say about me. I, I know there's a lot of back talk and, and stuff like that. And that's fine. It has to do with people I used to work with at, at uh, elite, you know, and, and I don't like anybody takes those people seriously are out of their fucking mind. Cause they're like the worst. There's two people that were the worst human beings I've ever known. I mean, worse than Aaron Rodgers, like way worse thieves and fucking terrible people. Um, but they, they socialize better than I do. They, they network better than I do. And I just let it go. Cause I'm what I need, the listeners, the users, the members, that, that's what I need. I care about them. So, um, and I think the industry let me down a lot. I, I think that things like week 18 really disappoint me because there was a time when I started out in 2005, this industry was so great. It was so small, but it was so great. It was warm. It was ex inviting. It was accepting. It was helpful. Everybody would help. I mean, that's what you see guys, you know, the old guard, as they say, not, I shouldn't say old, but uh, hey, we're all getting old. Bob Harris and, um, you know, Rick Wolf and, Greg Ambrosius and, you know, guys who've been around a long time were like the most welcoming people in the world. And it set a great tone for everything. And then, you know, the big booms through the 2010s happened and everyone started getting possessive and everything. And, and the thing that we lost hold of is what was important. And what's important is all of you. Those of you who crave fantasy sports content and betting content, like you are important, right? It's my reputation isn't important. What some fuckhead says about me, you know, I, I which I would love to hear, by the way, like, what do you, I couldn't imagine what to say because the fucking dirt I have on some of these fucks is incredible. Like, but, uh, you know, I, there is nothing. Jeff was mean to me. Okay. Jeff thinks he's really good at football. Okay, guilty. 
guilty. Absolutely. Right. But I didn't trash anybody else's work. I never have. But anyway, not changing, not evolving. We evolved through like 2015 and then like a ton of money came into the industry and everybody just started fucking grabbing cash grabs and then stopped innovating, stopped moving forward. The NFL has played week 18 for what, three years now. And ever since they started, you know, it used to be week 17, they didn't play. And for a while, it wasn't like a bad idea to just stop playing. And I was actually an advocate of stop it. Don't play week 17. Fuck that. You know, I'd find, I always found 1998, my home league has always played the final week of the season, but we used to just do, and we still do total points. And it used to be a different kind of thing where you just get money. Top three, get extra money and extra payout, whatever it is. But that's, it's completely different now. Week 18 is the single most important week of the year. It just is. 20 teams are playing for playoffs. 20, right? You're jockeying for position, for home field advantage in certain games, for higher seedings. There's another four teams. And and mind you, four teams are playing for, well, I'll tell you, the um, the uh, uh, commanders. I almost said potatoes, I used to call them. Commanders, Patriots, Cardinals, all right, and technically, Giants, Chargers, Titans. Even though Titans are, they're going to lose some tiebreakers because of the schedule and stuff. But if you want, I mean, in reality, six teams are playing for draft pos- for very super high draft position. That's picks two through seven. All right, which are whether they trade them or don't trade them, whether they need a quarterback like the Patriots or don't like the Cardinals and Chargers, um, it doesn't matter. Those are massive value because there are so many good quarterbacks. There's so many top-end players. That's a valuable property. This is important to those teams. Yeah, important to lose through tanking. Hey, fuckhead, that's what they do all season anyway. It's no difference. And here's the other thing. This is the thing that really connected to me during one of the XM shows uh, this week is, okay, so like the 49ers and Ravens have the number one seed wrapped up. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Oh, we don't get our Ravens. For one, Ravens and 49ers players are playing. All right. Now, McCaffrey's hurt, so he's not going to play. Lamar's not going to. But let me just tell you this. Let me just paint the picture. What did you do so you don't have Lamar Jackson this week, right? Okay, that sucks. Did you have him in week 13? Go ahead and look. You didn't. You didn't have him in week 13. Why not? Because he was hurt. That's why. Uh, No, I'm sorry. He wasn't hurt. He was on bye week in week 13. Not, Not hurt. What the fuck am I talking about? Last year he was hurt. But, I mean, he was off. It's no different. If there are players resting, it's no different than a bye week or an injury. There's no difference. All right? And the only people that bitch are the the only people that feel cheated or slighted about week 18 anymore are the ones that their entire team revolves around one player. And just so happens that's probably McCaffrey this year. But you lost them last week anyway. So a lot of McCaffrey teams I saw lost. And how you lost with a fucking guy that had a monster week. Any like By any other token, like what McCaffrey did last week, he had 90 total yards, 13 points. Only, like, who feels slighted about 13 points? Nobody should feel slight about scoring 13 fantasy points in a championship game. You know, 13 fantasy points is fucking, it's Derrick Henry's whole season. It's an average game for Derrick Henry, right? It's James Cook. It's more than Pollard. It's more than DeAndre Swift, more than Kenneth Walker averaged this year, right? So you got plenty last week. No excuses. Don't build your team on one guy. Have other players. But anyway, so going back to it, 
you know, I think we should be playing week 18. Um, number one, proud of the season. I'm proud of my championship. Uh, championships if we count the post-draft one. Um, I, I think, though, you know, going back to that, that post-draft one, is kind of a, a kick in the groin because like, the fact that other people didn't play it, like, that's ultimately also what I was talking about with the, the industry letting me down. They, they've let me down because it's shameful that we won't supply. You notice a lot of people take off. I have people, we have people that joined uh, Fancy Guru just in the last couple of days, like literally two, three dozen people. And and I woke up to a message like, why are so many people signing up for this year's package? And my CEO said, uh, he texted me. He's like, do people not realize that it's only a couple more weeks? Like, I mean, you know, appreciative of the new business, of course, and everything. But he's like, do we do we need to get a message out to make sure they understand it's not you don't get next year's package too, right? Like sometimes people get confused. And no, but they said their provider or they were using aren't supporting week 18 and aren't supporting playoffs. Some leagues go through the playoffs. Some you redraft, some you keep your current players and go all the way through the Super Bowl. There's a lot of different styles and formats. It's bewildering. I I will have rankings and projections for every single week. I always do throughout the playoffs. I will have, next week is going to be, you know, I always have three sets of rankings. Number 1, wild card rankings, number two, or number 1, full playoff rankings. Number two, the wild card week rankings. And number three, I do my 2024 fantasy football rankings there as well. So it's a hugely busy week, but like, it's just, you know, it's wild to me. And it's because of laziness. It's the same reason you don't, you draft a, a team that, and then not play out the league. Like, why don't you pay attention to this shit? Why don't you look at it? Why are you, what, how much harder would it be to pull a one more league? How much harder would it be to do your job one more week of the season? You know, it's weird to me. It's baffling, but they, they try to, they talk themselves in to saying it doesn't matter in order to justify what they really want to do is sit on the couch longer, not work. That's what they want to do. Oh, and it frustrates me, man. It really, really bothers me. And, um, you know, I, I probably shouldn't let it bother me so much. But, you know, it what bothers me, it's the same kind of premise as sports teams that put on a shitty product, but then up their ticket prices. Who's getting fucked in this deal? They have a commodity that other people swear by, so they can do whatever the fuck they want to us. And they know they got us by the short hairs. It's not fair to the common folks. It's not fair. It's not fair to you, the listeners of the show. This is a free show. But on XM, that's a paid service. Fancy Guru is a paid service. My Twitter and my social accounts aren't free. But I mean, there's a certain obligation responsibility that we have. And it's not to our brand. It's to everybody supporting that brand. You know, if I if we worked in the cola business, I wouldn't give a shit if it was Pepsi or Coke. I'd prefer one or the other. I really don't have a preference. I'm a Coke guy, I guess. But Ted Schuster is a Pepsi guy. He's the funny. It's a Pepsi. You have to have Pepsi. You can't have Coke. It's like, oh my god, give me a break. I but I don't care. I, I have if I had to prefer one, I guess I did, but I don't care. But again, my if I worked for those companies. My obligation isn't to what I like the most and what I think is just and right. It's to all the drinkers of Coke or Pepsi, right? You guys work at jobs. You have, you know, what companies do you work for? I'm sure you have customers or clients. If you do B2B stuff, business to business, who's your obligation to? Is it to yourself? I shall not do this. How far has that gotten you in your career? No, you have an obligation to take care of the people that take care of you, support your business, Cust especially when you're in customer-facing, print-facing business. And that's what we are, but yet the industry just snubs their nose and declares that we're all too good to play Week 18. We're all too good to play playoff fantasy football. It's a fucking joke, man. I, I got to tell you, 
And that kind of stuff, and I see it spread far and wide in our industry, and it, it tells me, you know what, we've forgotten what we're who we're doing this job for. And especially when I saw the thing with Des Bryant, I talked about it last week on the podcast, right? I, I mean, when I saw that and it was just, Everybody declaring they can't work with such a guy. Number one, like you guys, you guys never, Des Bryant wouldn't, he wouldn't piss on you to put out a fire. He couldn't care less. The only reason you were making those proclamations is for your own brand, hoping to get a bunch of followers thanks to taking some fucking moral high road. And again, the moral high road's a good one to take. I approve the moral high road. But don't act like you're doing it because you're so morally proper. What about the people that supported that business? Those are the ones, if you want to be really morally superior, don't worry about what your random coworker who's a paid face of the team says. Don't worry about that. Worry about the people. Give them a good product, the listeners, the, the readers, you know, whoever is consuming your product, your data, whatever it is. And fantasy sports just forgot all about it. Don't even care. They don't care. And I, I just shrug my shoulders. Um, what to do in week 18? Every year I talk about this. If your league doesn't do it, I strongly recommend it. Again, no different than injuries. No different than bye weeks. Um, there will be players that are rested. There will be some teams that take it easy, maybe pull their players. We will know all that. There's also massive incentive to go all out. There's also players that are going to tweak their ankle or a hamstring or a groin that will tough it out through the entire game, knowing that it's win or go home. So doesn't that count for anything? You're getting the m most that you will all season out of some of these players, out of the majority of players. Oh no, four players that mean anything in fantasy sat out. Meanwhile, you know, 112 are giving it their all with their playoff and season life on the line. I would rather have that 112. And it's up to us to make amends for that. It's up to us to have the backup. You have McCaffrey. You should have Elijah Mitchell. This shouldn't even be a problem for you. Walk right into that. That's not even an issue. You have Lamar Jackson. All right, you get another quarterback. But Tyler Huntley ain't bad. Nothing wrong with that. Plenty of other guys. Joe Flacco's on the wire somewhere, I'm sure. You know, you got other guys in good matchups. Baker's got a great matchup this week. Needs to win to get in. All right, Jordan Love might be out there for for folks. Jared Stidham's definitely out there. Not a great matchup, but not a bad one. Can definitely fill that void for you. So Gardner Minshew, I mean, there's, you have options. You're not like SOL or anything. But I, I strongly recommend two-week two championship games. That's what we need to do. We've been playing that in several of my leagues for a long time. I mean, it's got to be 10 years plus. And it's starting to pick up momentum the last couple of years. So I'll state it again. Two-week finale. And if you lost by 15 in week 17, well, you have to, you know, you have to win by 16 or more to be the champion in week 18. It's as simple as that. And I think that's a very fair, good way to truly crown the better team once two teams make it to the championship round. If you don't, your league is just dead set against it, a bunch of boomers, that's fine. But play for something. Like I said, my home league has been done total points. I think it's $50, 50 extra dollars for the winner, 25 for second place, and like 10 or 15 for third. I think it's 15 some extra money in the docket, right? And just something or draft picks. Simple. You always wonder what to do for draft order the following year. Why fuck around? Build it on this. Best team, the highest score gets the first pick. And if you want to like exclude the money winners, that's fine. But it's a great way of all the non-playoff teams Put all the non-playoff teams into it. And then, you know, and then let the other four teams that made the playoffs or whatever, they play for the bottom four picks and everybody else plays for an opportunity to win that the number one pick. 
or at least the first draft order, the pick your position. That's a nice, easy way to do it, right? Also, I think total points always have to go through week 18. My home league, we pay out a cha- We have a championship in week 17. We do the, the cash grab, you know, total points at the end in week 18. But total points for the season goes all the way through week 18. And the cash prize for winning the total points championship is equal to what the cash prize is for winning the head-to-head championship. All right, that's a league format I've used. Literally, I came up with this in 1998 right 1998 me and uh now you know former uh, good friend of mine passed away a number of years ago bob tomaszewski shout out to bob um who came out he and i went to how do we make everybody happy what's a format that works and this is what we came up with and you know it's it's been great ever since i think it plays just as much in 2024 as it did in 1998 Right. And uh, total points, though, you should be paying out total points, prizes, a trophy, a title, a banner, a cash prize, whatever it may be. If you have the most total points weeks one through 18. That should mean something in a fantasy league. All right. I don't I agree. It shouldn't mean the championship. I think head to head's the championship. Head to head's way more fun. It's. Is it a little more random? Sure. I don't think it's that much more random, though, as everybody else does. You know, t- there's a lot of teams you just score, you know, 200 freaking points. You score 220 points in a one week, which is 100 over the average of the rest of the league. I mean, come on. Does that mean you're the best team all year? It just means you just exploded. In fact, went crazy. You had the Dolphins running backs against the Broncos in week three. That doesn't mean you're the best team. Look what happened since, Right. So be careful with your formats. And and I think 2024 is really the year we need to upgrade and update our fantasy football league formats. We really do. All right. Um, So that, and if you're not into that DFS daily fantasy football, betting on football, player props, tons of contests to do there, or just sit out for week 18, like a little bitch. And then Playoff fantasy football leagues. We're going to be doing a listener league. There are 94, 93 open. It's called 92 openings. There's a hundred person league. It's me, Phil, Sandro, Ted, Ray, um, all playing it. My son usually hops in there as well. So we take up seven or eight slots right there. And then we open it up to people qualify all week long. Um, before the first playoff games. And it's a format that's I, I, that I love. And it's basically one and done. You get to use all players in the playoff pool once. You set a lineup every single week. And that's it, though. If you use Travis Kelsey in the first week, then you can't use them the rest of the way. Even if you know they go all the way to the Super Bowl, you have to use a different tight end. But you have to have a quarterback a running back, a receiver, I think one tight end and two two or three flexes, whatever we do. And you have to set a lineup every week and a defense too. I think we do defensive kicker too. Yeah, we do. Because that makes it, you have to stagger your kicker and your defense, right? That's the only reason we use it in the playoff format. But um, it's a fun league. It's always a good time and, uh, you know, keeps the, the fantasy season going as well i'll talk more about that on next week's episode um let's get into most valuable players i want to award some teams the most valuable player or players the most valuable award of the season in fantasy football i'll talk about why i'm presenting them the award it's not just the top scoring guys i don't think that is the necessary measure of value of course it's very important is it it's 75% of the battle, sure. But I think there's other intangibles, how consistent you were, your your big games versus your, your lesser games, right? And all that stuff, your availability to your owners, very important. What you cost in the draft or on waivers the week that most people picked you up, that's important, all right? So in that spirit, Let's go with the most valuable players in fantasy football 2023 quarterback. I think it's a tough year. It's a lot of good 
commodities. Lamar Jackson is not the fantasy MVP. He should not be the league's MVP. He's going to be. Um, I think Lamar had a great year, and the Ravens are the best team. But, like, his point totals, man, 6.5, Now that's not that's not a fantasy MVP, that is for sure. Uh, other player like Justin Herbert, people will never remember it, but he was QB4 when he went down. Justin Herbert was very valuable while he was there, right? But obviously not going to win the award. This is Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy. You know, by the way, Mahomes finished quarterback seven. And for all the the pissing and moaning, and I mean, it was a bad year for him. But when quarterback seven is the biggest disappointment ever, for, just for reference, the difference between Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes was 12 points. <laughs> and again, and that could be, he actually could pass him um, if Purdy sits. Mahomes plays. I mean, that's there's a chance of that. But he also, Mahomes didn't have any rushing touchdowns and Purdy had two. So, yeah. Anyway, um, I think that, I mean, you could consider C.J. Stroud, who was a rookie. Baker Mayfield had a very nice year. Jared Goff had a very nice year. I think we need to respect Goff a lot more than we do. You know, but as far as the most valuable quarterback of the year, it was Josh Allen. Josh Allen was the most valuable. And why he's the most valuable is, like, the essence of what fantasy football should really be. His terrible game. I mean, this is a guy, Josh Allen, by the way, um, on the season was the quarterback one, so he did score the most points. 23.1 fantasy points per game was the highest amongst um, all quarterbacks as well. But the other part of it, he had his shit game the first week of the season. Three interceptions against the Jets. Remember they lost that game when Rodgers went down? Didn't rush for a touchdown amazingly. Nine points for him. Here's Josh Allen's numbers this year, fantasy numbers. 9.0. Okay, terrible. 23.6, 21.3, 36.5, 27.7, 13 13.8. That's a bad one. 24.3, 29 29.1, 24.7, 14.3, mm, 22.5. And then that said 22.5, 39.6, 20.6. 21.16, 24.98, and 21.16. Come on, man. That motherfucker is just as consistent. His two down weeks, one is the beginning, one in the middle. No, no, he's the MVP of the quarterbacks. My runner-up, though, is Dak Prescott, right? Dak Prescott, um, third or fourth in the league going into this week in passing yards, but still... 4,200 passing yards. He leads the NFL in touchdowns. He has the least amount of interceptions amongst any of the leaders. The only one, uh, Purdy, Love, Goff, Baker, Tua, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Stafford, Jalen Hurts, fucking Sam Howell, of course, uh, Trevor Lawrence. He's Dak Prescott's the only one that has less than 10 interceptions, only as eight. All right, 20 points per game. He finished his quarter, well, finished, not over yet, but QB4 in fantasy football. And the consistency, again, was very, very good. And it was great throughout. The only blemish that would ultimately put Dak behind Josh Allen is the consistency numbers. He had bigger games than Josh Allen. He also had a shitty week one with 6.3 points, eek. But then he had 14, 14, four points against the 49ers. Uh, okay, we could forgive all that. But then, like, he was probably winning this race up until week 15. Week 14, he kind of went down 17.9 points eh, against the Eagles. And then six points in week 15. That was playoff push week, man. Then 18 points in week 16, 20 last week, which is good, but just puts him behind uh, – 
Josh Allen. So congratulations, Josh Allen. The running back position, I mean, good Lord. There's nobody more important and valuable than Christian McCaffrey was this year. It's just nobody. And, you know, we'll get to wide receivers and talk about them soon. But for what McCaffrey had 133 more points than the next highest running back. By the way, guess who's the second in fantasy scoring amongst running backs this season? Travis Etienne. (laughs) I mean, 24.5 fantasy points per game for McCaffrey. Etienne averaged 16.8. There were years where 16.8 fantasy points would be a deep running back two. Now it's the second best in, best in the entire NFL. That's how much this position has fallen off. But we got an old school monster season from Christian McCaffrey. By the way, this is Christian McCaffrey's worst receiving season ever. Now seven touchdowns was phenomenal. But he only had 83 targets and 67 yards. Or 67 receptions, I'm sorry. I mean, just for reference, like in Carolina days, his target totals 113, 124, 142, 108, and then reception totals 80, 107, 116, 85. You know, I mean, so to drop down to 67 was more human-like, but again, because of the field, he's just such a dominant force. My runner-up was actually... My best call of the year is Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams was only running back five on the season. The problem is Kyron Williams played 12 games. That's incredible. And the time, you know, Camaro was right there too. That's another player I was super high on. But only McCaffrey and Kyron Williams averaged over 20, or averaged over 18 fantasy points per game this season. Camaro right there with 17.9, just went under based on that last game when he got hurt. And Kyron Williams, just fucking monster. I'm so proud of the fact we're the only group of people, only one, it, literally one person in the world, who, if you were in a league with me, you did not pick him up off of waivers. He was drafted. And we're talking, my post-league draft was in fucking, it was technically in May, that draft, right after, like the first day of May, one of the first days of May. May, June, July, August, Kyron Williams, Kyron Now, Cam Akers was there, so I, I didn't have Kyron Williams as a top 10 guy. I'm not, don't mistake what I'm saying to you, right? I drafted him last year. He played almost not at all. He had 35 total touches last year. I kept him in my home league all year long just in order to have, be able to keep him going into this season despite Cam Akers and what he did. Everybody was on Akers. I was not. And I'm very proud of that. And he's the runner-up. I mean, if it wasn't for Dak, there was no better commodity. And of course, Kyron... We drafted him. I have him in absolutely a ton of best balls. Almost every best ball I did an underdog and drafters. And he cost you almost nothing in the draft, even when I drafted. He was my last pick at the Kings Classic in Canton, Ohio, at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Got him for $1. Nobody bidded. Nobody I put him out for a dollar. Nobody even bid on him. Right? I mean, though that will tell you that's a valuable guy. My wide receiver MVP is a lot more difficult. There are a bunch of deserving guys. I think the clear class is Tyreek Hill, of course. But CeeDee Lamb needs respect. Keenan Allen needs respect. Amon Ross St. Brown deserves our respect. Puka Nakoa deserves our respect. Right? Mike Evans deserves votes. Right? All these guys deserve for where they were in draft. I think DJ Moore deserves. DJ Moore didn't have many stinkers. He just didn't. Shout out to DJ Moore. He played, you know, nobody believed in him going to Chicago with Justin Fields. And if it wasn't for the last couple, two weeks, like uh, Cleveland, Arizona games where he got hurt. Um, 
9.2, fantasy points. Like if it wasn't for those two stinkers down the stretch, this is a guy who would have had a lot more votes and he wouldn't have won it obviously because there are other bangers up there, but would have been in consideration for the runner up possibly. But nevertheless, I, the, the fantasy football MVP at the wide receiver position is CD lamb. It was CD lamb. You know, played all the games this year. Uh, I mean, you that matters, and it matters when this happened. Again, first week, 11 points. Third week, 10 points. Week five against San Francisco, 8.9. But, I mean, since since that stinker in week five, C.D. Lamb, 18.7, 41, 28.1, 39.5, 16.5, 17.3. And this is this is what seals it. 32.6, 19.1, 18.6, 25.2, and 40.2. When you produce in fantasy does matter. It's not, that's why the total points thing isn't as important as some people think. I understand what they try to accomplish. But it does matter when you win these games. It matters what you do, when you do it. It has to. Just getting the points isn't enough. And Tyree Kill is a god, and he's the runner-up, of course. And a monster start to the season, 44 points. I mean, this guy was a fucking beast. But, you know, and then he he's balling out weeks 11, 12, 13. 30.6, 25.4, 32.5, and then it it falls apart. 10.1, he misses week 15, comes back 18.9, which is great. 13.6 last week. I mean, it derailed his quest for 2,000 yards, of course. It derailed his request or his opportunity to break Calvin Johnson's record, right? Not being on the field. And it obviously hurt fantasy teams down the stretch too. So I could only go runner up on Tyree kill and the tight end position. I cannot remember the last time Travis Kelsey didn't win this award, but I'll tell you he's n- nor neither the winner or runner up. And he did have the second most fantasy point. It's not like Kelsey, that's how bad tight end is. So I understand you draft him in the first round and you're not happy with it. You don't like the return. But do you know that you you got you didn't get what you wanted, but you did get value. You got the number two at the position. He didn't disintegrate. He just didn't. You know, and there's a lot of game that Kelsey early in the season was balling the fuck out. And then it's gotten really bad. The thing with Kelsey is the last three weeks, 7.8, 9.4, 4.6. Just horrendous. Obviously, too many commercials, too much bang, bang with Taylor. And God love him for it. But players I considered here, Sam Laporta, TJ Hawkinson, Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram's sneaky. Evan Ingram had 130 targets. That's the most by a good margin of all, actually only three more than Hawkinson, but I guess 30 more than Laporta. It's a ton. David Njoku. Trey McBride, I considered, I, I wish I could give it to the Arizona tight end because Zach Ertz was actually fucking phenomenal through the first four weeks of the season, if you remember Zach Ertz was a top 35 tight end at the position this year. (laughs) And he played five games, I think. Seven games for Zach Ertz. And McBride, since that point, has been a star too. But it's got to be Sam Laporta. Laporta was a guy who technically was drafted. I was not against. I'll never draft a rookie tight end. And I love Brock Bowers. He just declared officially for the draft. and He's going to be a stud in this league. There's not even a question about it. But at the same time, I don't trust him as a rookie. But Laporta bucked that trend. And a lot of people are going to go draft Bowers next year and watch Bowers do. And then two years from now, you're going to go, oh, rookie tight ends are where it's at. 
and then you'll realize that these were just unicorns, right? But Sam Laporta is the MVP for the tight end spot. Just a tremendous year. He capped it off nicely towards the end. That three-touchdown game to get people from the semifinal rounds is just what the doctor ordered for a lot of teams. You know, you don't expect a 35, 40-point week from your tight end in the semifinal rounds. Like, that's something that I I know because I got it from Evan Ingram a year ago in several leagues. You know, you get a 30-point week out of your tight end. Like, holy shit, that just uh, catapulted me all the way in. So congratulations, Sam Laporta. Uh, and then the, the the backup or the runner up. I mean, I am so tempted, was so tempted to go with David and Joku because since Joe Flacco has taken over, it's just been just phenomenal. And especially late in the season. But I have to give the entire body of work, and that's TJ Hawkinson. TJ Atkinson, who got injured, was so impromptu. He he would have had a thousand yard receiving, would have had a hundred plus reception season, and um, it was all just cut short because realistically, he played fourteen games. You know, got hurt really early in uh, against the Lions and tore ACL, MCL. Status for next year is going to be heavily in doubt. Thank God he got his money before the year, though. But this was a guy that was incredibly productive every single week of the season. Just he had two single digit point weeks all year, you know, and that's saying a lot. Still third at the position, even with missing what will amount to three or four games this year, three games this year. So there you go. So Hockett's in the runner up of the year all right folks we'll march on here with episode 189 we will talk some week 18 um teams that are resting teams that are in the playoffs just so everybody knows uh, obviously i i don't even like to talk i used to always do the playoffs chances but you guys could see it y'all have a cell phone y'all take a shit and you're looking at what everything is just so we're clear the 49ers our number one seed in the NFC, Ravens in the AFC, that's locked down, right? Those are 100%. You got the Lions, or I'm sorry, the Cowboys should have been Lions. Uh, second in the NFC, Lions third. And then the Buccaneers have about a 70% chance, they say, to win that division. All they have to do is win. They needed it last week and couldn't do it. So never doubt Baker Mayfield's ability to blow it up. So that's what keeps both the Saints and the Falcons alive, technically. And they play each other. They have to win and then hope the Bucs lose. But uh, And then there's a little sprinkling. I think the Saints have a chance, actually, at a wild card, theoretically. Uh, I don't think the Falcons win any of those tiebreakers. Eagles blew it. I mean, just completely blew their opportunity for the division. Still have an outside chance, of course for this week the rams and then the final spot looks like it's going to be the packers though i'll tell you man the chicago bears are a better team they're just a better team right now and they've been proving it by whooping that ass of everybody it's on their schedule the only two games the the bears have lost in the second half of the season right is a three-point loss that they were had uh, two scores to detroit and they, the Lions did a miraculous come from behind victory in Detroit. And then they beat the shit out of them in Chicago two weeks later. And then the Cleveland Browns with Joe Flacco and Bears had massive control of that game, had a 13 point lead going into the final quarter. And of course, lost it at that point. They were up 17 to seven going into the fourth quarter. I'm sorry, 10 point lead. And then ended up losing that with like 30 seconds to go. And those teams are 11 win teams. So if you think that the Packers are going to come in and beat up on the Bears again, I don't think that's going to happen. That's a tough game, and I wouldn't take it lightly. So if you're a Seattle Seahawks, you're sitting there like, all right, we have to win. Packers have to lose. They're still very much alive, and they got the lowly Cardinals. So Seattle may backdoor into the playoffs for the second straight season thanks to the Packers. Uh, the Seahawks will back in, thanks to the Packers blowing it. Uh, on the AFC side, you know, I think the most fascinating is the Bills. 
Bills, it's amazing. They can be the number two seed in the in the AFC, or they could miss the playoffs. Like, and missing the playoffs is logical. They lose to Miami. They win Miami. Um, they'll make it. I really hope that Bills do make it and beat Miami, and because Miami deserves to be in the playoffs, and so do the Bills. But it doesn't always work out that way. The Chiefs sitting there should not be so pretty, but that division was way down this year. They don't have a lot to play for. They may rest. The Jaguars have to win to get in this week. Trevor Lawrence likely to be back there. And then you got that Saturday play-in game with Houston and Indianapolis. That one is in Indianapolis and right up in the air. Chance both could make it by wild card. The winner makes it automatically, and the other one... Uh, has a technical chance, but also unlikely to make it unless the Jaguars were to lose. And then, and they also have to win the tiebreaker over the Steelers, which I think technically only the Colts do. So um, none of those teams will be resting. The Browns are locked into that fifth seed. They may rest some players, uh, but do you rest at Joe Flacco? Maybe Amari Cooper, you know, give him another week, but Flacco needs all the time he can get with that first team offense. So um, those are the potential players and teams that may rest. I think some streamers for the week. I think Geno Smith has to win going against Arizona solid in, in there. I think Tyler Huntley, of course. Very solid to fill in for you there. Khalil Herbert's on the rise in Chicago, and they got the best run game matchup of the entire week against the Green Bay Packers, who stink against the run, if, especially if Deontay Foreman is inactive again, which he was a healthy scratch last week. That means Khalil Herbert has locked that spot down. Elijah Mitchell, of course, backing up McCaffrey. Watch New Orleans and the Saints, what goes on there with uh, their running back situation because, you know, Alvin Kamara, the Saints can make the playoffs and everything, but Alvin Kamara with an ankle sprain, um, mm, that's going to be a true game-time decision, in my opinion, and you just don't know if they're going to be able to make it. I would lean, if this was any other week but Week 18, there's no fucking way Alvin Kamara plays. Maybe they force his way through it, but I think that may be that that may be a little optimistic. Uh, Jamal Williams would uh, get in there just like he did last week and take the majority of the volume there for the New Orleans Saints. So that's something we have to watch as well. I don't think that the Saints are going to get cute in this kind of. Uh, environment. You hope Kendra Miller could be active and healthy. That would be a huge boost if Kamara can't go. Something definitely to look for because Adam Prentice is a fullback and he's definitely not it. So um, other players in good spots that may be sneaky. Cedric Tillman of the Browns, DJ Chark of the Panthers, Brandon Johnson, if Cortland Sutton misses again for the Denver Broncos who really don't have much to play for out there are all good pickups here for you in this week. Uh, Dalton Kincaid. No, Dawson Knox went down again, and maybe somebody dropped Kincaid. You know, it's a massive game. The Dolphins defense losing Bradley Chubb again. I mean, just so many injuries. The Dolphins defense have been destroyed. We know Ramsey went down. Xavier Howard's hurt now. Bradley Chubb just got, got hurt. Uh, Azukama was hurt earlier in the season. The offensive line, Connor Williams, was hurt early in the season. Fucking Salvin Ahmed, they need that running back depth. Jalen Phillips, of course, went down. Jerome Baker went down earlier this year. Gee, Keon Crossan went down earlier this year. Uh, I mean, man. This has been a um, Christian Wilkins was hurt. Uh, just a devastating injury filled year. Waddle, Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, Raheem Mostert, shit. Dolphins of Achan went down for a long period of time. Jeff Wilson started on the IR. So they've had to endure quite a bit of injuries. And defensively, it's a great matchup for Dalton Kincaid. So at the tight end spot, Johnny Munt, Tommy Tremble. Oh, my God. Can you believe I'm even mentioning these fucking names? If you're desperate for a tight end, consider Johnny Munt of the 
Vikings, and then, of course, Tommy Trimble, the Panthers. Uh, attack Tampa Bay with tight ends. That's all I could say. I don't know if I would have those kind of balls, but they're on the table, ladies and gentlemen. They are fucking on the table. Tommy freaking Tremble. Um, other things to talk about. I think that's the biggest takeaways from week number 18. We know by now all of the significant injuries across the National Football League or at least the uh, players resting or that may not play here. I don't think anything else is going to be massively surprising. I mean, you'll we'll get some throughout the week. Again, fantasyguru.com is the place you should be for that. Um, should be noted, Zach Moss is trying to come back. That may eat into Jonathan Taylor just a little bit in week 18. Robert Woods was hurt for the Houston Texans last week. He's got the hip injury. It's a huge game against a good defense or a good matchup. Indianapolis Colts, I love targeting against them. It's going to just be Nico Collins and Noah Brown. Jonathan Mingo went on injured reserve. That helps DJ Chark, helps Adam Thielen maybe a little bit there as well. Um, Dalvin Cook was released by the New York Jets. Nobody gives a shit about the fucking New York Jets or that. Trevor Lawrence, is he, he will play. He's going to play this week against the Titans, and it's a great matchup for him uh, as well. So, there you go. That's the news you could use for week 18, everybody. I think that's a good spot to wrap it up. I, I think we gave it gave a lot. I am I will spring some news on you guys here. I am heavily, heavily in negotiations to do a an NFL offseason show. I don't know where it's going to be. It could be on XM. It could be be just on fantasyguru.com. It may be in a podcast form like this one. I may just devote a bunch of episodes of this show to that. I haven't, we haven't solidified that. I think this NFL offseason is the biggest in history. The, the biggest offseason I can ever remember. The game's changing. Rules need to change in fantasy football. It needs updating. It needs upgrading. The coach, we are about to see a shit ton of coaches fired. We're going to have eight plus openings, and I wouldn't doubt at least 10 head coaching vacancies go up. There's already, what, four? You're going to have a lot more. We're going to have even more offensive coordinators moving around. There's going to be at least half the league again swapped offensive side of the football, likely half the league plus on the defensive side of the football. We've got a free agency this year with the likes of Kirk Cousins, who is going to real Gardner Minshew, Kirk Cousins, um, fucking Flacco is going to be back out there. Um, um, Baker Mayfield. We'll see. Everyone's talking. He'll stay in, in Tampa and he should, if he's smart. I mean, at that position, the running backs are just unbelievable with guys like Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, Gus Edwards, Zeke Elliott's out again. DeAndre Swift is on free agency yet again. You've got um, Devin Singletary coming off. He only had a one-year deal. A.J. Dillon is going to be a free agent, a ground-and-pound type of guy. Zach Moss, who showed really well at the running back position is going to be a free agent at the end of this year as well. The wide receiver market, Mike Evans is a free agent. Curtis Samuel's a free agent. DJ Chark's a free agent. T Higgins, duh, is a free agent. Um, who am I forgetting? Calvin, oh no, Ridley, I think he did sign, I believe. I'm almost positive Ridley. Oh no, he just had a one-year deal. Michael Pittman. Calvin Ridley, Marquise Hollywood, what's your dream? Brown uh, could be out there potentially. And this this doesn't even count salary cap casualties. Players who have aged out or will be released at some point this season, big names there. It doesn't count any of the trades that have gone or that will happen this offseason as well. Um, tight ends who are going to be available. Dalton Schultz is back out there. Hunter Henry will be out there. In uh, Mike Kosecki will be back out there. Gerald Everett will be back out there on the free agent wire as well. So like, and then that's free agency. Then you got the NFL draft, which is just fucking amazing. 
Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., Drake May, Malik Neighbors, Brock freaking Bowers, uh, playing for a national uh, national championship. Um, th- this uh, uh, this year, the uh, the wide receiver Duzier from Washington, Jaden Daniels is hanging around out there. Devontae Walker is hanging around out there. Wide receiver, Brian Thomas from LSU, Bo Nix from Oregon, uh, Troy Franklin from Oregon. If you want to go that far down the, the totem pole, Michael Penix is playing for a national championship. Likely. I mean, this is an insane draft class of skill position players. And then you add on all the unbelievable uh, offensive linemen like Joe Alt that are coming out that will help aid in a bed this next fantasy football season. Dude, it's just crazy. It's best time to start a dynasty league. It's great time to be in a dynasty league. It's going to be hellacious. And the NFL does a great job in the offseason keeping us vested all the way through as well. So um, that's why I'm going to be doing something very specific on maybe a daily show, maybe a weekly show, NFL offseason. And uh, I'm very excited about that prognosis as well. All right, folks, that will do it. Episode 189, the first episode of 2024. I hope it, this year finds you all very wealthy and happy and healthy and, you know, just happy. No matter what that means to you, it means something that to me that you are indeed find that happiness that we all deserve in our lives. Uh, 2024, here's to the best of times, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for downloading, liking, favoriting, subscribing to this podcast, commenting. I do so appreciate it. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok, fantasyguru.com. That is the place to go. The largest active community. If you're an NBA fan, let's go, baby. I'm about to become NBA Jeffy yet again. Was up over 36 units last season betting NBA. Really fucking good. Now I got my boy, Justin Fensterman, along with me and our entire group, Armando, Marcel, Scotty B, Scott Bonder, and Chris Rose, and Serge Singh. Oh, my God. These guys are fucking Mike the Beard. Uh, We get after it, man. And uh, I'm joining that crew for the NBA season starting in a few weeks here as well. So get over there. While our prices are low, use the promo code HOHO for $25 off. Support at fantasyguru.com if you want to make sure you got the VIP Platinum Package at its lowest price. Ted Schuster will take care of you on that. Thank you guys for tuning in. Best of luck to everybody in Week 18, and uh, can't wait to talk playoff fantasy football next week. For my producer, Sean Engels, battling the flu, man. Stay strong, Sean. He is uh, a trooper. That is for sure. Thank you to all of you for a great 2023, and we'll see you next time, everybody. You may disagree with some or every damn thing you heard on today's show, and it's perfectly all right because it's just one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Deuces!